Amen, amen. Isn't that a great, encouraging testimony? This is a member of our church family. Uh, Tim has, uh, you haven't known this, but he's been working for the last few months with us, uh, come back and even helped us in between some things to do some of our video and our tech stuff, and, and just to hear his story. And I'm going to come back to his story here in a minute, because we are, we are in the process of going through a series here called In God We Trust, because I believe this, that God's design and desire for us is to put our trust in him. But I wanted to say this, I just want to say welcome here today, and so great to see each one of you to be able to worship God with you. It's just great to be able to celebrate together with people. And I, I don't know about you, but I hope that um, this last week you were able to catch up on that hour that we missed last weekend. Were you, were you able to do that? Do you feel like you got a little more refreshed this Sunday? Uh, I don't know about you, but this has been a tough year. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or what, but I, I had a hard time bouncing back from the, the time change Sunday there last week. I, I feel like I'm still feeling it a little bit, but you know what? I, I'm just so thankful that we can do what we do, and I'm blessed that you are here with us today. Well, I'm excited to share another episode of In God We Trust with you today. And, I, and here, here's what I want to say. This is kind of our, our statement that we're hoping kind of just gets into our hearts. That We believe this, that a heart that fully trusts God, is surrendered to God, will lead to greater peace, stronger protection, and abundant provision. I believe this, that when we fully trust God with every area of our life. Who believes that? We should trust God. God is trustworthy. That when we trust him with every area of our life, our relationships, our, 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 um, our, our future, and even our finances, especially our finances, it opens the door to his blessing and favor into every area of, your, of our life. And, I, and I'm here today. I'm not trying to pull any punches. That Today or in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about our money. We're going to be talking about how when we trust God with our resources, God opens up the doors of even greater opportunity. And here's what I believe. I, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me this week as I was um, um, preparing that I was seeing for people in this season. I'm already hearing about it. I can't, I can't believe how many people I've talked to in the last month that God has miraculously opened doors to them for new jobs, for better jobs, for greater jobs. It, it has just been blowing my mind. But that's just who God is. And I believe that we are in a season of opportunity. I want to declare that over you. God is here to give you greater opportunities, and he wants to release more freedom. You see, I loved hearing Tim talk about the goodness of God. Did you hear that? God is good. <laughs> oh, when he was talking about being in the trailer. <laughs> I love that. The Amazon Fulfillment Center. Boy, does that not sound like propaganda about, yeah, okay, fulfillment. You're going into the cave, brother. I, I know there was a season in my life where I worked in warehouses and shipping departments, and, and, and it is a, a challenging job because why? Not just because it's hard work, but it becomes monotonous, and it seems like it will never end. Well, Tim was in the middle of a faith challenge, and it came down to a place of trust. Have you ever been in a faith challenge in your life? Where you've like, God, can I trust you? God, are you here for me? God, are you there? You see, I, I believe that he was asking, 
God, can I trust you for provision? Do you trust, can I trust you? And not only did God provide a a job for Tim, but he opened the door to fulfill his dream. His dream to be a producer of movie and television. You see, as Tim stepped out in faith, placing his trust in God, God showed up. And I want to say this to you. God is about, for many of you, to show up in a powerful way. God is about to show up. And I want to say this. Faithful one, faithful one that has been trusting God. Don't worry about your job. God is about to show up. Come on. God's about to show up for you. I I believe this for the one that has been praying, the declaring one for that child, for that that one that is the prodigal, the the one that hasn't been serving God. I I just heard the Holy Spirit say this. God is about to show up. God is here to show up. I I say this to the bruised one, the one that that has been hurting and and, and had some uh, breakdowns in relationship, has experienced some pain. God sees your wound. He hears your cries. God is here to show up. God is showing up. You see, God is now showing up for us both in practical ways as well as miraculous ways. But here is the key. Here is the thing that we're going to focus on today as we talk about in God we trust. The way to see God do what he wants to do is by placing our trust completely in him. You see, Proverbs chapter 3, we talked about this last week, verses 5 and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of your heart? Can we say that again? How much of our heart? And it says, do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do, or those of you that know the way that I know it, uh, acknowledge him in all your ways. And it says, he will show you which path to take. Now, I want to give a little review. Last week, I I talked about how, how can we can trust God? Why should we trust God? Why is God trustworthy? Well, first of all, because God has been there for you before. God has provided for you before. And you see, because God has been there for you before, and because God is there for you today, why won't he be there for you tomorrow as well? You know, you're you're walking, you're breathing air. Who here would say that your life is a miracle, that there are some places in your life you shouldn't be here right now? But God has been there for you. We can trust him. Secondly, God does not lie. He's not a liar. The things that he speaks in his word, the things that he speaks to us and over us, that you can take them to the blank. Why? Because of his track record. He fulfills everything that he says he's going to do as long as it's not based on a response from us. That when he makes a promise in his word, in fact, I shared that the Bible can be trusted because even for eight of the prophecies concerning his um, life to be fulfilled, it's like it was one to the 28th power or the 10th to the 28th power that it would be fulfilled a number I can't even speak or or talk about. Thirdly, he knows what's best for you. God cares about you. He knows what's best for you. I shared how he knows how many hairs are on your head or your body. Some of us got to count body, not head, because it's not quite, there'd be an easy. I could count. (laughs) But God knows us. He knows all about us. He knows what's best for us. Fourth, he is perfect. He's perfect in all his ways. He is good in all situations. And lastly, because God loves you. 
God absolutely loves you. He cares about you. In fact, as we are moving into Easter here in this next month, we know that God loves us because he sent Jesus to die for us on a cross so that we could have relationship. Not only did Jesus die, but he was raised again. And he is now sitting next to God, interceding on our behalf. God loves you. He cares about you. Today we're going to talk about trusting God, though, with what I think is one of our nearest and dearest resources, our money, our finances. And and I believe that giving is an area, a lot of times we, we know about this, we maybe heard about it in the church, and I know that some people today are going to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't really want to hear pastor talk about that, but that giving is an area where mem- many of us struggle in trusting God. I don't care who you are, that there's probably seasons where you've been challenged with this in your life if you're not being challenged right now. And growing up, I was taught this. My, 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 my dad made this statement to me. He said, there are two things, son, that you never touch that's another man's. His wife and his money. Guaranteed to stir up the beast if you get involved in either one of those things. And so, you know, when I, I know when I'm talking about this, some of you are kind of maybe feeling a little bit like, hey, Pastor Todd, you're getting in my business a little bit. I don't think I like that. But here's why I believe it's important that we talk, not only do we talk about money, but that we understand God's view of money because it's connected to every other area of our life. It's, it's, it's connected. It's like you're the thumb on your hand. It can touch all of the other fingers. It kind of, it impacts our relationships. You know, money problems create relationship problems. Hello? Money problems create sleep problems. Money problems can, it can impact so many different areas of our life. In fact, there's a lot of people that are in jail today that actually probably are good people that made bad decisions because of money problems that they had. I believe this, that money crisis can usually turn into faith crisis. And I know it can be a struggle for someone, church leaders talk about money, but here's what I believe. Shouldn't the church be a place where we talk about uncomfortable subjects like authority, sex, sexual identity, as well as prayer, peace, and our eternal destiny. If something is important to God, I believe it should be important to us. Do you agree with me? And here, here are some facts. I think we, we need to establish some facts about when it comes to money. That in the Bible, there are over 2,000, in fact, there's over 2,300 scriptures concerning money, property, and possessions. Money is mentioned uh, four times more than heaven, hell, and the related subject of salvation combined. There are approximately 500 uh, Bibles, uh, ver- Bible verses related to prayer and faith. And I don't think anyone would argue the importance if I was saying today, let's talk about prayer. Let's talk about how prayer is important or, or your faith. I mean, we talk about faith a lot in church, our faith in God, what faith is all about, how faith is the currency of the kingdom. You see, in fact, one in 10 verses in the New Testament talk about money and possessions. In fact, Jesus talked about money and possessions in almost half of the parables or the stories that he taught. Why? Because God knows that the way we view money is deeply connected to our heart or what is most important to us. The Bible speaks about it this way. Where your treasure is, 
There your heart will be also in Matthew 6, 21. You see, the, 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 where we, what we treasure, what we value, that, that's, what's gonna, that's what, what our heart is going to dwell on. If we, if we dwell on stuff, then we're gonna, our heart's going to always be focused around stuff and our value is going to come around stuff. You see, it's incredibly easy, in my opinion, to find out what's important to you. I, I like to say it this way. Our wallet reveals what our priorities are. <laughs> well, what do you mean, Pastor Todd? Well, the things that you spend or invest the most of your money on will show you what you value the best. And again, I'm not talking about, oh, well, Pastor Todd, most of my money goes to taxes, so you're telling me I value the government? No, you, you don't have a choice in that, sorry. But what, what do you do after that? What do you do when you get to make a choice? And I, I'm here to tell you that, that the other things that we do are, are our choice. Well, I have to have a house. Well, we know you have to have a place to live. I understand that. We need food to eat, all of those things. But here's what we have to understand. If you look at somebody's bank account, it will tell a story. It shows what you value most or what you love. It might be things like, if, if, I, if you looked at it, it might be purchases like furniture, clothes, cars, possessions. That might be the, the dominant thing of when you are choosing where it is. That, that might be your top priority. It could be education. You, you, you value education, books, courses, you know, online in-person conferences, you want more training. And as I say these things, none of these things are bad by themselves. I think we should get more training. And I don't think it's wrong to have nice clothes. I'm not preaching that to you today, that we gotta be poor and destitute. That's, that's what God says to be pious. No, that's not the way God works. He wants to bless you. The question is, he the top priority? You see, it could be entertainment, Sports, movies, music, eating out. Oh man, there's a season of my life, man, where if you looked at my bank account, <laughs> you'd see Taco Bell, McDonald's, every once in a while, you know, uh, Tony Romas, you know, come on, we gotta eat good every once in a while. But there was a time where that kind of ruled my life. That's what I love. Could be travel, your home, investing, financial planning, or maybe it would show that God is on top and furthering the kingdom is your top priority. I want to talk about my uncle. My uncle, who's almost 90 years old today, was a wealthy businessman, was an incredible businessman. Business in fact, he at one time was one of the largest home builders in the city of Seattle. And one time, while I was visiting, I noticed him sitting on the floor of the, his family room, and he was writing checks. And my uncle was a great guy, even though he was very wealthy, uh, had a lot of great things in his life. He was, a, he was a regular guy. I mean, he'd sit around the house on the floor with the shirt off, just chilling. And so I came in one day, and there was my uncle. And I noticed he was writing checks. And so I asked him, I said, hey, Uncle David, I said, how are you? What's going on here? Are you, are you paying your bills? And he laughed. He chuckled because he liked to chuckle a lot. He said, no, no, he had an accountant to do that. But he shared, no, that the checks that he was writing were for all of the ministries and charities that he and his wife supported. And from what I could see, there was between 50 and 100 checks that had been written and signed, and he was still was filling out more. And, he, and I said, how often do you do this? Oh, I do this every month. It blew my mind. It, it touched my heart. And as I 
got older and I began to understand God and I began to study the word, I realized later that that was the key to their incredible wealth. They were incredibly generous people. And I got to say this as an aside, I tell the, I've told the story about when I came to Jesus that it was through my mom. Well, it was his wife that actually led my mom to Christ. You see, your financial choices will either produce freedom and blessing in your life or create greater stress, worry, and even bondage. So how do we find freedom and blessing from God? How, how do we discover this? Is it something that is elusive or, or, or is, there, is there a key? You know, and I hate to use the word formula, but I believe it's a principle. And here's what the principle is. And, and I hope if you don't learn anything else from this series, that this sticks in your mind, that the simple principle for success and blessing and peace and freedom in every area of your life is to put him first. Put God first. You want to have great friendships? Put God first. You want to experience a great marriage? I'm here. This is, man, this is like, guy. Uh, I could get paid thousands of dollars of, for this here. I'm going to tell you, put God first. If God is at the top, I guarantee you, things are going to go well for you. You want to be truly successful in work, school, and business. What do you think I'm going to say? Put God first. You want to be blessed in your finances? What do you think the key is? Put God first. You see, and we see this as we, we look at Proverbs chapter 3. As Solomon is writing, as we go just a little bit further down into verse 9, here's what it says. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Well, some of you are like, I don't have crops. Got a lawn to mow. Does God want my grass clippings? Is that what he's asking for? Well, maybe a New Living Translation says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Well, what do I produce? Well, what's he talking about? Well, in our day, in our culture, you see the Bible was written to an agrarian society that was built around farming, and, and, and that was their, really their currency even more than money. But we live in a society that's built around capital or around our finances. It's what we, we earn every week or two weeks or month. And so the Hebrew word for first fruits in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, is the word and it can be translated with the words first, best, most excellent, highest in rank or value. So it's saying things, that, what is it that you value? What is, what is the, the top thing in your life that you value? God's saying, put me first in that, to honor me first. Give to God the best part or the first part of everything you have. You see, the first part represents our best when it comes to our time and our talents and our treasures. Who, who, who here would agree with me that, that sometimes the, the most productive part of our day is the first part of our day? In fact, there's studies that have proven that, that students, teachers know this. Man, if you want to uh, teach the kids a new concept, something that they're, they're going to really, that's going to stick with them, yeah, man, you do it before lunchtime. Because after lunch, whoo, whoo, whoo. It's survival city. How many teachers here would say, Pastor, uh, yep, I have our fight. I'm not a teacher, but I'm a, uh, I have a team of leaders, and we have our staff meeting every Tuesday in the morning 
Because I learned when I did it in the afternoon, not so good. Not so productive. Not so... How do I honor my wife? I honor my wife by opening the door for her or, or by making sure that she has what she needs first before my needs. We place the greatest value when it comes to collectibles or investments. A lot of times, if it's a first edition, if it's something that nobody else had, you're the first one to have it. I've seen people wait in line to get the first new iPhone that comes out. Ah, I want it first. The best runner of a race is the one who does what? Comes in first. God deserves our best. Do you not agree with me that God deserves to be first in every part of our life? So what shows more honor? Giving someone first choice or whatever is left over? <laughs> As a dad, I love my kids. My kids are awesome. I'm, I've loved the things that we've done with them over the years. But I remember when they were, were, were really little, that one of the things that we would do as a family and Kids always love it as it's like, we're going to go get ice cream. Who here loves ice cream? I'm a, I love ice cream. In fact, I love, in Calgary, Village Ice Cream. You ever heard of it? Mm, super good. Check it out if you haven't. Take me with you. Anyways. But we would get them an ice cream cone, and it would be like they'd get their vanilla or chocolate. And, and you know when you've got kids that are like two or three, and you, you get the cone for them, that it's great for about five minutes. And then it gets soggy and drippy, and it just starts to... And then they're like, I don't want it anymore. Here, Dad, I want to give you my cone. <laughs> and you get it, and you're like, thanks. Uh, it's beautiful, thank you. Well, it's uh, not the most beautiful thing. Sometimes when it, that is how we treat God when it comes to our money. Here you go, you can have whatever is left over. I've already done what I need, you, just, you can have it. You see, I don't believe that honors him. I don't believe that's putting him first. And we have to understand this, that when it comes to issues in our life of why we do, we can make a lot of excuses. There's a lot of challenges that we face, and I believe that they're real. I, I think in this last season, people have faced incredible challenges. But it comes down to a lot of times our focus or what our priority is. I, I know that a lot of times I meet with people and, and, and they tell me like, well, uh, hey, can we do this or can we go do that? And it's like, well, I just don't have time. I don't have time. And you know what I've, been, I've, I've learned to do over the years is, is catch them on that and say, you, you, you do have time. You just have other things that are more important to do with your time. You see, it's not a time issue. It's a priority issue. And if we understand that, then we can take responsibility for what we're doing. And that doesn't mean that things aren't difficult. See, I think we, we need to learn how to focus on the right order. See, if you put God first, Matthew 6.33 is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what does the Bible say? And then everything else will be taken care of for you. Huh. I love it. Focus on the right order. You know, as kids, we have to teach them that. I don't know if you've ever said this or experienced this. Uh, I, I know that we would do things like, hey, before you watch television today, you need to do what? Your homework. Or you need to clean your room. And then you'd go, we'd go away on a, uh, an errand or come back, and all of a sudden we'd notice that the room wasn't taken care of. 
And it'd be like, well, what, what's, what's happening? What'd you do? Did you watch any TV? How much TV did you watch? What? Couldn't hear you. Did you watch TV? Yeah. How much? Three hours? Wrong. I, you, you, you just said you didn't have time. Yeah, you had time. Parents, you get a meal. You want your dessert. What do you need to do? First, you got to eat your vegetables. Whoever heard that one? First things first. You see, God, even in the Bible, has principles. In the book of Matthew, he said this, if you're going to bring your gift to the altar, you're going to bring your gift to the church, it says, first, go and reconcile yourself to your brother. It says, if your relationships aren't right, first, go take care of that. It's a priority. Maybe you've heard this one. Before you address the problem or the speck in your brother's eye, first, pull the two-by-four, the log, the plank (laughs) out of your own eye. First, See, if I, tr- my trust is in God, I will put him first in every area of my life. If I believe God is the source of my provision, I will lean into him by placing him first in my finances. And here's the reality. You can either do things your way or you can do things his way. And the reality for a lot of people that's, that, are, that serve God, that want to grow farther in God, is we haven't learned how sometimes to let go and trust God with every part of our life by placing him first. In fact, one of the greatest lies impacting the church in this hour is that, I, is that people believe they can serve God however they want to. I can, just, I can do things according to my ideas. That we set the standards for living according to our feelings, our circumstances, or opinions. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people come to me and they're like, you know, I know this is wrong, but God understands Oh, he understands. And he loves you. He's not here to judge you or, or, or to be harsh to you. But he also saying, I can't release everything I have for you because you're not doing it according to my plan and my pattern. And I've watched them become frustrated when they're like, I'm not experiencing blessing in my life. They feel like I deserve this and yet they get frustrated and many people blame God for the problems and yet he's saying, I told you how to do this. My way works. But you gotta put me first. We see this story in the book of Genesis way back in the beginning. In the story of Cain and Abel. You might have heard of it. You know what most of us think about when we hear that story is it was the first murder in the Bible. It was like the very first crime, the, the, the first crazy thing that happened where a, 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 a person murdered somebody. But do you re- realize that what that story was about was over an offering? It says this in Genesis 4, in the second part of verse 2, it says, When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd when Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops, some of his crops, as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. In fact, we know if we read farther into the story, not only did he look dejected, God warned him that sin was crouching at the door and he ended up giving into that sin and murdering his brother. Why? Because he was angry and jealous of his brother that God gave him his approval and his favor and he didn't get it. 
And I see it happen over and over again. People that aren't doing things according to God's way and his provision are angry at other people and angry at God because he blesses them when they are doing things according to his biblical pattern. You see, we know this. It says that Cain gained some of his offering, some of his thing. It was not his best. It was what was common or the leftover. It didn't please God. So here's what I believe, that most people here today want to honor God. Desire, and that you desire to put him first in every area of your life. But here's the challenge. Many of us have lived in a system that doesn't understand putting God first. Many of us have grown up in a place where we have experienced only one way of doing things. Maybe we've been in a, a situation where we've, our parents have handled their money in a way where there's high debt load, there's all sorts of crazy things, and we've grown up in a society that teaches us to pay ourselves first or put ourselves first. And the problem is, is that way has led to lack or what I like to call, Pastor Greg Crischel calls it this as well, the scarcity cycle. What is the scarcity cycle? How does it work? Where are people trapped today? First of all, it's, it works like this. God supplies. How does God supply? Well, so the Bible says he gives seed to the sorrow. Okay, where's my seed? It's the paycheck that you get every week, every two weeks, once a month. It could be investment dividends. It could be retirement income. It could be the sale of a property. It could be an inheritance or a gift. Somehow God gives you something, but here's what usually happens. This is where the first mistake is made, is that we consume first. We pay our bills, make purchases or buy what we want or need as funds are released to us. Now, why, why is that bad? Doesn't that make sense? I got bills to pay. I've got things to do. I've got things that, I, that have to be taken care of. Yes, you do. We need to eat. We need to, to live. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, is that it's out of God's order. And before we know it, it's really easy for the money to be gone. Who here has experienced this? More month than money. <laughs> You're like, Whoa. I don't know what to do with this. And here's the bigger problem, is that when this happens, many times we, we, we spend what we do not have for things that we want or stuff that we believe we need. More clothes, high-end electronics, a brand new car. Again, I'm not against stuff, but I am against when it produces massive debt, massive credit card debt. Dave Ramsey makes this quote. He's a financial guru in the States. And he says this, most people spend money they do not have for things they cannot afford. And here's the price that we pay in a consume-first economy. Eventually, it leads to lack. Where you're always chasing, you're always feeling like you never have enough, where you're always in a place where you're just, you're struggling and you're striving and you're grinding and all of the energy now comes into, how do I take care of this? How do I pay this off? How do I make this work? Oh my goodness, I hope I don't get that letter in the mail. I, I don't even look at my phone anymore because I know what's, who's calling me. And it creates strain and stress and fear and worry. You see, the Bible says that, that, that out-of-control debt puts people into slavery. I believe that debt punishes people. You see, when we forget to put God first, it can seem like there's a hole in our pocket. Like no matter what we do, there's never enough. 
And when we begin to make progress, something always comes up. The car breaks down. The washing machine blows up. The pipe breaks in our wall. And it creates fear where we have limited resources and growing debt and stress is inevitable. And I'm told you, as I've already shared, it produces so much strain in our life. But not only can it produce strain in that moment, but it can scar us to when we actually begin to have something we don't want to give, we don't want to be generous because we're afraid that if we don't hold on to it, somehow we're going to lose it all again. And if you find yourself in a place of lack, I have great news for you today that there's another way. It's called the blessing cycle, the provision cycle. And I'm going to have Sam come up here because we're going to finish with this. And here's how it works. Again, God supplies paycheck, investment dividend, sale of property, inheritance, gift. But here's what we do differently. Here's how we do things differently. What did I say before? What do we do with God? We put God first. So what do we do? We give to God the first part off of the top. We honor God by giving to him first. We do not wait until we've paid our bills. We do not look for a spot when it is convenient for us. I've never found that it is. Because we trust in God, we give to him first. And what happens? God provides. God multiplies. Now some of you are like, oh, Pastor Todd, it's so easy for you to say you've never had challenges. I don't want to complain about anything here, but most people don't go into ministry to make money. We go because we want to help people grow and see God produce freedom in their life. And I know there were times, especially when when I wasn't even serving in the church, I was just coming, I was a part. And Jan and I were first married and I remember she was going to college and I was making, I think, eight dollars an hour I was like wow I'm making eight bucks an hour this is awesome and we came to a place as we did multiple times in our life where things were a little bit tight and I hadn't quite maybe paid God off the top and it came down to this I had a choice to make I had a choice to I had twenty dollars it was like this is what I was to give to God this is what I knew I needed to do or I could end up putting gas in the car or going and getting groceries. And I remember we gave the money and, and, and I had five bucks left and it was like, well, let's go to the store and we'll get some milk and some eggs and bread, hopefully. And, and, and I gotta say this, that we put a little bit of gas in the car because five bucks could do a lot more then than it does now. And I remember I got out of the car and I was like, God, I don't know how we're gonna make it because I don't get paid till Friday and it's Monday and I don't know what we're going to do and I remember getting out of the car and as I was walking it was windy things were blowing leaves were going everywhere and all of a sudden the wind blows and something just smacks me right on the side of my head and and at first I'm like what's this garbage and I look and it's green twenty dollars okay Thank you. Was it easy? No. But I could share with you story. If we had hours here, I could talk to you story after story about when by putting God first, God has just made the most incredible 
provisions at the most crucial times in our life. And I can't even explain my financial situation to you guys right now because it's not that I make this massive amount of money, but God has blessed my wife, my family, those connected to us in incredible ways. You see, God multiplies. Why? Because he cannot help but multiply his blessing in our life when we put him first. Because of his goodness, when we, we honor him, it just opens the, the floodgates to his, his goodness and it pours out of him. And it not only does it touch our finances, but it touches every part of our life. When you don't have to worry about things and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen the next day. See, I don't worry anymore because I just know God is going to provide. God is going to take care of things. And it releases faith. I think God wants to release greater faith. He wants to give more freedom. See, see, we were created to be conduits of his blessings. That we were to release healing. That we were to be prophetic. We were to see people delivered and set free. Why? Because when we live according to God's standard, it releases peace, protection, and provision. God wants to release freedom into your life today. So how do we respond today? How do we respond to this message? I want to say this. If you're putting God first, keep going. Don't give up. Don't let something turn the way that you do things. Allow God to stretch you even more, to stretch you to be even more generous. Put God to the test. See that if you can't, if you count out, give him. But if you're in a place where you're struggling, you're facing lack, what do you do? First of all, admit it. Admit you're having trouble. Confess it to God. Confess where you haven't trusted him. What parts of your life have you not trusted him in? You know, it might not be finances. Maybe there's something else that Holy Spirit is speaking to you about today where you're like, I'm struggling to put my trust in God. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, it's, it's for something that you just that stressed you out. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a, a, um, a, a place on a, on a committee or a board. You're just worried about this stuff. Put God first.